Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's such a blessing for me to be here with you guys today, this weekend, to be with your pastors who are my, our dear friends uh, for a long time, and uh, just be able to minister to you guys and then receive at the same time from your guys' love and grace. Praise God. I love coming to Texarkana. It's like second home. And uh, a couple years down the road, it may be first home because uh, we are developing some property that's been in my family for generations, about one hour away from here. And it'll be the new headquarters of Jay and Linda Threadgill Fisher's Amen Ministries. And uh, we'll be here. When we're not in Haiti, we'll be here, praise God. And so that's where that's going. And uh, uh, it'll be a couple of years before we get it all said and done. But... uh, because we'll take it step by step. We just actually, Jason Roy was out there with me this past week, and we were clearing land and doing all kind of stuff, and it's got a nice little pond on it and all kind of good. You all want to come out and eat lunch with us. That's what you want to do. Praise God. But I'll be an Arkansian, not a Texan. Sorry, but an uh, Arkansian. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be handing in my Floridian badge and going to, I've been in Florida forever. And so I, I'd be at least glad to get away from hurricanes, dear Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, anyhow, let's get into this. I'm, as I said, it's just a blessing for me to spend time with Pastor John and Pastor Linnell. Uh, you know, um, we do go back. I've, uh, he's been here, I think he stated this week, 31 years. And so we probably in about 28 years been in relationship. And so it's been a long, long-term friendship and and he's a blessing to our life, praise God. You know, we're in our 35th year in Haiti. Our 35th year, that's a lifetime. You do know that, don't you? There was a time that I thought I was going to come out and, and uh, actually take a church in, in the United States. And I was praying about it. And I, the funny part of that story is I called up my wife. A church had gotten offered to us. And I said, God is promoting us. We're going to go take a church. And the church was sizable. It was about 1,000. And... Uh, um, pastor wanted me to take it. He was wanting to retire. And so first thing out of my wife's mouth was, that's not God. Now, I, I learned a lesson on this one, men. Sometimes God speaks through your wife. And all the ladies said, and their offering's going up now. So they'll be doing like this. So anyhow. I said, no, this is God, and, and she said, well, you better pray about it. Well, I was preaching in another town, and so I usually fly out on a Friday, pray on a Saturday, preach on a Sunday, and out on a Monday. And so uh, I called the pastor that was hosting me. I said, listen, don't come get me for dinners or lunches or anything. I'm going to fast and pray this weekend a little bit over some issues. And he said, okay. So I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, because I know I'm right. This is God. And I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. And God said, uh, That's not me. (laughs) Then he said, not only are you not to take the church, you to call the pastor and give him a word from me, and he's not to give it up. And I did, and I obeyed, and he he didn't give it up, and it grew even greater and bigger. And eventually, several years later, he handed it to his son. So God had a plan, and I wasn't part of that one. But God did say to me, won't you stay in Haiti a few more years and raise up some leaders? And so uh, what are you going to say, no? No, you can't say no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I said, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And so that's been our, our last decade of a run is raising up more leaders. We have an apostolic church. An apostolic church means, number one, it governs in the realm of the Spirit. Apostolic churches govern the realm of the Spirit and through prayer and through worship and through other means. But it's apostolic is governmental. Another thing it means is we, our number one focus is raising up men and women and releasing them in their destiny, releasing them in their calling, releasing them. So I, don't, I can't even give you an exact count of how many churches we planted because I might call them up tomorrow and say, by the way, we just planted a church last week. I mean, that's how fast it goes. I mean, just churches, guys are being birthed. Now, when we birth them, we don't birth them in comfort Christianity. It's usually a tin shed and a, and, a, and a little PA, and then they're on their own. And eventually, we'll get in there and build them a building, you know. But it's, it, we have churches all over, and not just all over Haiti. We have churches 
Haitian churches here in the United States, New York, Miami, Boston, uh, normally in areas where Haitians are congregating. We have, we have churches in France. We have churches in Canada. We have churches in Guadeloupe. We have churches in Martinique. We have, and then we have the churches we birth locally. And so we're always raising men and women up and releasing them and uh, actually kicking them out of the nest. Because, you see, we all do have a destiny. You realize that, don't you? Every single person in this room has a divine destiny on your life. Now, it may not be to pastor a church or birth a church. I understand that. But God has a divine plan for you. And you need to know the plan. You need to walk in the plan. You need to fulfill the plan. And then we all get one of those things we want to hear, well done. Well done. I don't want to hear when I get there, glad you made it. And I want to hear, well done. And so, uh, anyhow, with that, I'm digressing and moving around here and preaching things that are not even in my notes. But it must be the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So, anyhow, we have a, it's a great church. We have a great campus. We have a great Christian school there. We support and sponsor, uh, I think it's 17 other schools that are, we've, we've attached to churches that have been birthed. And uh, we do feeding programs. We do, we do a lot of stuff. Uh, but right now, Haiti's in a mess. You've heard that, haven't you? And you, you really, you don't see much on the, on the no, normal news channels. Most of what you, news you pick up on Haiti is from the Internet. And, uh, and, and so, of course, I'm connected to all those kind of things. Um, it's a hot mess. Uh, you know, we've been insecurity, gang violence. Now, when, when I talk about gangs in Haiti, they're like many warlords. They're gangs of a 1,000 men that are more heavily armed than their police and army. I mean, you know, I, I got one picture on my phone. It didn't make the pictures I'm going to show you in a minute because I didn't want to put no violent stuff on there. But a guy's sitting there with a 50 cal above his head and a, and a, and a ammo belt that goes to the ground around his neck. A 50 cal take your house down. I can blow your house down with a 50 caliber, you know. So this is big weapons, big guns. You'd be sleeping in your night and automatic gunfire going off all around you. And uh, you just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, so, you know, God's, God's our security and our safety net, and we just keep on doing. It's a big mess down there, but there's an answer to it all, and his name is Jesus. And we're going to, and, and that's, that's my deployment. I've been deployed to Haiti 35 years ago, and I'm going to continue to focus on that nation till God says it's enough or takes me home. And so that's what we're doing now. Hallelujah. But, you know, you have to take a look, too. You realize our great nation is kind of a hot mess, too. Have you noticed lately? And there's only one answer to it, and that's Jesus. It's not the Republicans. Sorry, Republicans. It's not the Democrats. Sorry, Democrats. It's not the independents. I'm sorry, independents. Not political. The answer to our nation is not political, no matter how hard the devil wants to make it that. The answer to our nation is Jesus. His government and his kingdom, his, his will be done. Amen. And so we need to continue to pray and press in as a church. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. But see, the answer is in our heart. The answer is in our hands. And God wants to use us to bring a fresh awakening, a fresh revival. And that has already begun. It's beginning. It's beginning. Don't, it's not coming. If, if you talk about the revival coming, it'll always be coming but never get there. You've got to take a step into it by faith and say, it's here. Let's walk it out. Let's begin. To, and then it'll begin to build. Over time, it builds and it builds and it builds. And then one day, all of a sudden, people are getting set free on the front altar and demons are coming out with shrieks and, and, and signs and wonders and miracles begin to manifest and people start praying in tongues in the Holy Ghost instantly. And, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, everybody's mouth's wide open and, not, and, and we're saying, this is a move of God. You understand? And then when the move of God comes, your little timeline on your comfort Christianity is going to be over. I mean, you know, we're going to end right about 12. I'm under, I'm under uh, well, maybe not 12. I got it late. Maybe 12, 15. How long do I got? 12? No, you got children people. I got to be conscious of the children people. So anyhow, I, uh, Pastor John did want me to show pictures. He said, you got pictures? I said, I don't got no pictures. He said, you got pictures in your phone, don't you? I said, yeah, I got some pictures in my phone. He said, well, send them to Pastor Zach. <laughs> so here's some pictures. We're going to run pictures. It's not, it, oh, there's Morningstar Christian Academy kindergarten graduation. Kindergarten graduation in Haiti is as important as senior graduation. 
There they are, graduating. There's my wife over there talking to them, smiling at them. There's the seniors. Senior graduation, that was a big day on their event. High grades, it was one of our best senior years. It's only one class, and I think we had like 12 or 14 seniors this year. Bible school, bachelor's in theology, graduation. People going into their destiny. That's a four-year degree, and it's credited in the United States, and it was a powerful moment there. Every time I take part in one of those, I'm, I'm blessed. And that's, our, that's my senior pastor's wife, and uh, Ermead, and there's one of our teachers, Roland. And they're in, under a, a, a church in Connecticut, flew our interpreter up, and they live-streamed a, a women's conference in the middle of the mess to our women. Now, that's not women's conference. That's just plain church there. Yeah, and, and, and Sunday service. And, of course, at this, this, we're starting to separate the chairs a little. They didn't separate too much. The first uh, attack of COVID was, was very flat in Haiti, and everybody was trying to figure it out. And so not many people got sick and not many people died. And then all of a sudden when the variant came out, it spiked. These are people getting saved on a normal Sunday service. If, if somebody ain't getting saved on a Sunday service, I'm wondering what we're doing wrong. You know? And so uh, and that's the dance team, of course, and all that good stuff. And, Got all that, and there's another shot of the church, and there's our container. That's we just shipped one of these in just now, this last week. We'll be pulling that out hopefully in another week with all the school supplies, all all the stuff we need to function academically and uh, stuff for the church. Yep, and there we are. We're all we're all masked up and ready to go. And that's my granddaughter. I don't know how she got in this. <laughs> There's our crusade that we do annually. It's a big event. It grows into 30,000 people, uh, 20, 30,000 every, every year. We do it. You can see them way out in the fields there. Um, it's do, we do it during Mardi Gras. That's a, that's a harvest. That's, a, that's an altar call right there. And so hundreds get saved. There we are in the church. That's the women's conference. No, that, yeah, that's women's. That's Miss Linda loving on little kids. And uh, she, the little kids love Miss Linda. Miss Linda loves little kids. And, I mean, they'll run, when they see her, it says, Miss Linda, Miss Linda, Miss Linda. And they all run up and hug her and hug on her. And, and there I am, of course. That's the, that the big dog. All right, that's it. There's pictures. Everybody give it up for the pictures. <laughs> Next time I'll come with a prepared multimedia video, praise God. All right, so. Uh, we're in a place in Haiti where we definitely need your prayers. Keep us in prayer. God's going to give us the victory. We, got, we, got, we know that. And uh, there's a redemptive plan for Haiti. It's been prophesied too many times by visiting prophetic voices. There is a redemptive plan for the nation of Haiti. Matter of fact, the prophetic word is that God is going to do such a supernatural work in Haiti, it'll catch the eyes of the world. It'll catch the eyes of the world and the, and the testimony be, and the glory be given to God. Um, and I believe there's a redemptive plan for the United States. The United States had walked it out for so many years, but, boy, we have had a curveball thrown at us in these last couple few years. And uh, uh, um, there's, there's so much anti, anti-Christ in our society right now, so much anti-church, anti-Christian in our society. Now, here in, you're in the Bible Belt and you're in Texarkana, which is a wonderful, beautiful city, and, uh, and it's peaceful and it's nice and it's got good people. But I've been to areas in our, our nation that it's not as pleasant. It's more, it's more strained um, and more attacks against the church, and it's here. Uh, we're in the last days. Now, you need to understand that Jesus is coming for a glorious church. Thank you for those three amens. Jesus is coming for a glorious church, not, not just a, a sitting back, taking it easy church. And uh, we're going to talk about the glory of the Lord a little bit. And uh, because the world and the nations have not been exactly where God's wanting them to be, uh, be he's doing a little shaking. You see, a lot of this shake can't blame the devil on everything. As a matter of fact, the devil can't do nothing unless God allows it. And the devil, I mean, you know. And so anyhow, there's been a shaking going on. So I'm going to take my text out of the book of Haggai this morning and run with it. 
and uh, Haggai 2 verse 7 is where God begins to speak about the shaking of the nations in the last days. He says, I, I will shake all nations. How many nations? All nations. And they will come to the desire of all nations. Now, the desire of all nations is Jesus Christ. That's who, that's, see, he's not shaking just because he was angry with us. He's shaking to push us. You see, every single one of us get closer to God when stuff gets real. When it gets hard, boy, you start praying. And then when it's easy, we kind of back off a little bit and kind of coast for a little while. That's got to change. We'll talk about that. That's got to change. we got to press in. See, this is the, this is the time and season of the Lord. This is the time and the season of the church. When it's dark out there and, and, and full of sin, it's time for our lights to shine. I'll get to that in just a second. He says, I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations and I will fill this temple with glory says the Lord of hosts. Then in verse 9, he says, The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace. Let's talk about that a minute. He says, I'm going to fill this temple, this latter temple, with the glory of the Lord. Now, he, I, now we call this the church or the temple, but that's not the temple he's talking about. You and me, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He wants to fill this temple. He wants to fill these temples with the glory. Now, the glory is already there. You got the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost, but sometimes in some Christians' lives, and we're talking about that other church. We're not talking about anybody here, but you know how it goes. But uh, uh, the, sometimes the glory's sleeping. It's asleep. Now, we're still going to heaven, yabba dabba do, but I don't want to just get to heaven. I want to get it well done. I, I want to pat on the back. I want to say, I'm happy with you, son. You did what I asked. Somebody say amen. Now, see, I do, did digress a little bit. Me and your pastor are two different gifts. He is one of the greatest orators that I know, a great speaker of revelation. Now, I'll tell you another little secret. My services are over by your 11 o'clock service, and I generally will tune you guys in on the 11 o'clock service, 12 o'clock where I am, on your 11 o'clock service and follow it many, many Sundays. I get my iced tea after I preach two services, sit in my big chair and watch you because I enjoy your pastor's preaching. He's a good minister, but I'm a different minister. I sling sweat and spit. I shoot from the hips. The good news is I'm leaving tomorrow. You won't see me for a while. So if I step on your feet, just say, well, he's out of here. <laughs> but I might step on your feet a little bit because I always say, you know, when you preach a good message, you got to cut people open, operate a while, but you got to sew them back. You still got to sew them back. So don't get mad at me. Just in, and you know what you got to do. Here's, here's another key. I haven't shared this with any other service. It just came to me. If I'm preaching strong and hard and you're getting stepped on, don't cross your hands and look mad at me because you know, everyone will know I'm preaching to you. <laughs> just go ahead and lift your hand and say, amen, brother, even though you're not happy with it. And then, then nobody know I'm preaching at you. It's easy when you get, get a few people angry. Everybody going. <laughs> Come on, let's say, let's say Hallelujah. You see, God has an ultimate plan. I'm going to take this last scripture out of Haggai 2, verse 22. It says, I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. That's where God's going. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots I will, and those who ride in them. And the horses and their riders shall come down. And every one, of, every one by the sword of his brother. Every one will be killed by the sword of his brother. You see, God has a plan. God's going to take the devil's kingdoms down. God's going to build and establish his kingdom on the earth for all eternity. And we are a part of the vessels of honor that God will use to bring forth his ultimate desire. Somebody say amen. And his ultimate desire excuse me, for this season is that comes out of Matthew 24 and 14. It says, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is encompassing of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it's greater. The gospel of the kingdom, the cornerstone is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and through him we can have eternal life. That's the cornerstone. That's the number one. But it's far greater is because the gospel and kingdom also entails victorious living, strength, power, glory, signs, wonders, and miracles. 
and we got to preach on these so if people generate a faith, stir a faith. I mean, you know, I, I, I tell everybody, if you get sick, before you call a doctor, why don't you just lay hands on somebody and pray? You might sidestep the trip to the doctor. It's amazing what God can do, you know. And so when you get sick, pray first, then go. God will use a doctor. I got that. But I'd rather God just use God first, you know. And, but, we, we, but the problem is people will go to the phone first instead of praying first. And then they'll remember in the route to the hospital, oh, yeah, we ought to pray. No, that's upside down. Hallelujah. So it's time for us to activate. God wants the gospel of the kingdom. Actually, that, when it says preached, it means in the, in the Greek, proclaimed and expressed. He not only wants the gospel proclaimed, he wants it expressed. You are to be the expression of God's kingdom in the earth. In your sphere of influence, at work or wherever you are, at school or whatever you're doing, every one of you has a sphere of influence. Every person, no matter how big or how little, no matter if you're a manager or, or an owner or janitor, you have a sphere of influence. And God wants you to reach your sphere of influence. Matter, we'll get to that later. I was going to digress again. My gosh. I preached this third time, so I want to get ahead of myself. Hallelujah. And so we need to activate. Someone say activate. See, God wants all of us to activate. God wants us to penetrate every level of society with the presence of God. That's our job. It's not just through, now there's, this church has great programs and great outreach ideas, and, and there's some neat stuff you guys are doing, but you can't just rely on that. God wants to use all of us. Hallelujah. And I, I always, every day, here's something I want to give you a little key on, a little trick. Every day I pray and ask God, God, give me someone I can share my faith with. I, I mean, I'm not going to run around and scream at people, get saved or die and go to hell. But every now and then, somebody will need prayer or to share of your faith. And so if you're sensitive to that, God will lead that person. Go, there you are right there. Go, go share your faith with them. Or go ask them if they need prayer. I love it. I, I fish. Everybody needs a fishing hole. You know we're fishers of Thank you. And so I, 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 like, I have two, two, two or three major fishing holes. One of my fishing holes is Walmart. I go through Walmart, and I pray for that poor lady checking me out every time. I just ask her, but I'm not asking. I say, can I pray for you? But by then, I've already started, dear Lord Jesus. <laughs> and so <laughs> you got to have fishing holes that you're comfortable in. Every fisherman knows where the fish go biting in the, in the lake. And they always go back to that spot at least to check before they check another spot. Is that not true, fishermen? That's right. And so God wants us to fish, but you've got to begin to pray, Lord, lead me somebody today. And it will be the most gentle, most casual thing usually. Of course, then you got the other story. I was, flew into Syracuse preached first time I ever went to Syracuse met the pastor at a conference decided to go to Syracuse and preach and so I got my little carry on and I fly in on a Friday pray on a Saturday preach on a Sunday and I'm out on a Monday that's basic my plan and so I in flight I remembered I forgot to pack my underwear now that's bad that should be the first thing you put in there but anyhow, I, I landed. He picked me up. I said, you got a Walmart, I know. Carry me over to Walmart. I forgot to pack my underwear. I get a pack of underwear in the men's department. So he carried me to Walmart. I'm headed to the men's department, minding my own business, never been to Syracuse in my life. Past a man, he walks by me and starts screaming obscenities at me. Just started screaming. I can't even repeat what he said, but every, every word you can imagine, it was in those sentences. And at first, I'm startled. And then I said, this is the devil. And then I just turned and I said, come out of him in Jesus' name. Just about like that. Come out. And he falls down the ground. Bam. Now I got Walmart revival. <laughs> People are looking over the thing like, what's going on over there? The pastor to this day says, the first time I met Jay Threadgill, he casting devils out at Walmart. I didn't mean to. I didn't even know the devil was going to come across my path, but there he was yelling and screaming at me, and God gave me a discernment. What else are you going to do? Run? No, not me. I'm not running from nothing. And so anyway, I cast that devil out. Well, I'm pretty, I've been in ministry a while, so I kneeled, knelt down beside him, ministered to him gently, 
explained to them what just took place, led them to Jesus, prayed the sinner's prayer with them. Right there in Walmart, everybody watching, because they're wondering if they're going to get sued. Man just fell down. (laughs) And so anyhow, he got saved, stood him up, said, now this is the pastor. Introduce yourselves and get to know him. You need to go to church. God will use you if you're ready to be used. Now, he may not have to use you that abruptly, but, you know, once you kind of get that battle uniform on, you're ready to go. God wants to use you. We've got to activate. Someone say activate. How do we activate? Well, I'm going to use the cornerstone scripture of my life right now, which comes out of Isaiah 60. You should know it, but I'm going to quote it. Isaiah 61, verse 1 through 3, it says, arise and shine. How do you activate? It's time to rise up. You've got to make a a decision. I'm going to rise up and activate. I'm going to rise and shine. Because, see, you are a vessel of honor. You are a vessel of honor. You put that in your spirit. You put that in your heart. You are, you, are, you, are, you are kings and priests unto God. You're a child, a citizen of heaven. I got my American passport, but I got a whole other passport that's greater than American's passport. I'm a citizen of heaven, a member of his house, a child of the kingdom. So you got to make a decision. It's time we arise. And it is time for the church to arise because let me tell you, it's a slippery slide where our society is going because the spirit of the Antichrist seems to be so strong right now. And again, I am not going to mix it up politics. I don't give a flying rip who's president as long as Jesus is getting glorified. Because I'm here to tell you there ain't no man going to save you one way or the other. There's no man, there is no flesh that's going to save the United States of America. And when you start putting your faith into politicians, you messed up. You put your faith in Jesus Christ. I don't know what all this is all about. I start hearing these guys politicize and I'm going, wait a minute. It ain't about politics. It ain't about Democrats or Republicans. It, it's about Jesus. And I'm just sorry. Now, I vote. I'll vote. I, don't, I ain't going to talk about my vote. I'm going to go vote, and that's my right. But after that, it's about Jesus. Bottom line. Then everybody don't have to get mad at everybody if it's just about Jesus. And everybody said? Boy, second service, pretty good. It says, arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. You see, when we decide to activate and we rise, the glory begins to be stirred within us. And we begin to walk in that glory as vessels. And for behold, the darkness in this moment, last days, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Seen any darkness out there lately? It's kind of dark to me. It's not been a great light to me lately. It's been more darkness to me. But the Lord will rise over you. And his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light. And the kings to the brightness of your rising. You see, when you rise up, you get a brightness begins to rise in you. When you make a commitment to God, God, I'm ready to activate. I want to be what you've called me to be. You got a divine plan and purpose for my life. You got a destiny. I want to walk it out. Whether it's within your career, whether it's in full-time ministry, it doesn't really matter. God has a plan for you to be a great light to the world. That's good preaching, whether you know it or not. I just go, amen, pastor, go on. I will. It's time for the church to rise in every capacity possible. Arise and shine in every, every area of society to be the light of the world. Now, here's the other one. And we speak truth with love. I cannot believe some of the social media, whatever you call them, posts and some of the language and stuff I see in there. And how's that going to get anybody saved? It's not about all that other stuff. It's about getting people saved. I use social media for two reasons, to express what the ministry is doing and to talk about Jesus. That's it. Every now and then I do the grandkids picture. You got to do that. All right? Okay. You got to stay in a good, good place. But it's not a time to hide or to draw back. It's not a time to sit at home in bed and watch us on live stream. 
It's time to get off our derriers and, and rise. Time to rise. So how do we rise? That's a good question. That's number two on my list there. Number one, we got act, to activate, got to rise. Number two, how do we arise? Good question. You got to seek Jesus for Jesus. Now, that's important. You got to seek Jesus for Jesus. See, the problem with much Christian, and we're talking about those other guys so we can minister to them. problem with a lot of Christian prayer is we pray over our list, our, mar- our, list, our market list, all the things we need. Now, it's not wrong to do that. It's just not the way to start. You got to go to prayer to seek Jesus for Jesus. Seek Jesus for Jesus. Jesus already knows everything you need. He don't have to hear you flapping your gums. He wants you for you. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit because this is so important to understand. If we're going to rise, if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, if we're going to be vessels of glory, we got to be close to Jesus. The closer you get to Jesus, the more the glory gets stirred. The more the glory gets stirred, the more it permeates your whole being. The more it permeates your whole being, the more it begins to change atmosphere around you. The more it changes atmosphere around you, people begin to be touched. Yeah, and we got to get we got to get with it. We got to God's got a plan. All right, so, and Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody knows Jeremiah 20, 11. If you don't, you'll know it today. But it's an easy verse, and everybody memorizes it, and they quote it, speak it over their house, got signs in their house on the front door, and it says this. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you future and a hope. Now, that's a good verse. But what they do is they stop at 11. They don't read 12 and 13. Bad, bad. 12 says, then, now that you got this part, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I'll listen to you. Verse 13, you got to keep it in there. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You will find me when you seek me and now he's saying nice things. He's got nice plans for you. But then he says, and then when you pray, I'm going to listen to you. But if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. Now, I got something to tell you. There are 240 scriptures in the Bible about seeking God or seeking Christ. Seeking him. Not about seeking him for what I need. Not about seeking him for a miracle. Not about, it's to seek me. Now, there's nothing wrong praying over those things, but I now, I've got revelation in this. When I go to prayer, I go to prayer just to be with Jesus. Now, once I get to a place where I feel like we're, we're close, then I may talk about some other stuff. But I got to feel him. I, oh, man. I, I, you get in a prayer room by yourself with a little worship music going and start talking to God, and God, all of a sudden God shows up. There's no other feeling like that. And you're sitting there by yourself and you go, God's here. He's here with me right now. Now, if you've never reached that, you've got to press in. I'm going to encourage you to press in. If you're not a prayer warrior yet, start now, five minutes. Just start praying five minutes. You'll find that five minutes is not enough time eventually. Then you'll go to ten minutes. If you're praying 10 minutes, you can't pray 10 minutes, start praying 10 minutes. Just pray, seek him, love him, just love on him, worship him for 10 minutes. And then you'll find out 10 minutes not long enough. Well, you get to 40, almost 40 years of ministry, two or three hours not enough for me. Two or three hours of prayer is not enough for me. I love prayer. And I see most people look at prayer as a toil, as a labor. It's not. It's communion with the almighty God. It's communion with his spirit. There's nothing greater than that. And there when you're communing with him, that spirit of God inside you begins to rise up. And the glory begins to rise up. And then the fire of the Holy Ghost begins to motivate you to do something for God. Then I tell you what, when God's there and you got some problems, them problems are solved without you even hardly talking about them. God knows my problems. I don't have to sit there and just intercede about my problems. No, I'm going to intercede about getting people born again. I'm going to intercede about 
See, that's number one commission. There's no commission in the Bible that says, I want to give you comfort. There's no commission in the Bible that says, I want you to be happy, upper middle class America. The commission in the Bible is if you believe, how many believers do we have in the house? See, if you believe, go into all the world for those who believe and preach the gospel. And, and, and for those who believe them will be saved. But if they believe not, they'll be condemned. That's the commission. It's the commission of every believer. It's not just the commission of the platform ministers. It's the commission of every born-again believer sitting in the house. Starting to preach a little bit now. <laughs> My greatest fan, Miss Dorothy. Got to seek him for him, praise God. Hallelujah. The psalmist says it like this. Oh, God, you are my God. 63.1. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. Are you thirsty for God? You got this, this, to be thirsty to do this. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I like the Proverbs of 8, 17. He says, God says, I love those who love me. How many love Jesus? He loves you. Not only do you love him, he loves you. But then here he goes. And those who seek me diligently will find me. Now find what they need and you'll get it. That part's added on later. You, you seek him for him and then what you need. He already knows what you need. Matthew 6 tells you that. He's already aware of what you need. You don't have to rehearse it. Maybe you do for yourself to for, stir your faith, but he don't need to hear it. He knows exactly what you need. Here's the other thing. What you need and what you want could be two different things. That's really good. People need to understand that. He said, I'll supply all your needs. He didn't say, I'm going to supply all you want. Ain't nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Now, he's going to bless you. I like the blessings. How many like blessings? He'll bless you, and he'll bless you with something he knows in your heart, but that's not the promise. The promise is to meet your needs. You start studying the lives of the apostles, and you see they, they worked off of pretty little. My board was asking me, we need to start considering a transition for you down the road. As I'm getting older, but I'm not old. I'm just getting older. And they said, write out some criteria who you, of characteristics for someone that may one day take your place. Number one, you've got to be absolutely stupid and crazy. <laughs> Number two, there's no money. Forget about it. You might make a living, but that's it. You don't go into missions to get rich quick. You know? But God's always met our needs. And we've developed a campus that I just recently had appraised, and it's worth $6 million. But I didn't live to have the campus. I lived to do what Jesus wanted me to do, and the campus came. Are you all, all following me on that one? Hallelujah. He loves those who love him and those who diligently seek him. See, for us to activate and to arise properly, we got to seek Jesus for seeking Jesus. When we seek Jesus, the presence of God is stirred in us. When it's stirred in us, it permeates our being. You literally can change atmosphere. When atmospheres are bad, I'll, I'll look at some of my guys and say, come on, let's pray. We can change this. I really believe we change it. It's not just a hope. I mean, sometimes it's a hope and you're trying to stir the faith because it's so big. But, I mean, who, who assassinates a president anymore? I think the last one was 1963, JFK. No one assassinates presidents. What are they doing? Do you know they've rated us as bad? As, we're in the same rating for travel advisory as Somalia. But God's given me a mandate. God gave me an assignment. I'd love to sit back and play a little golf. Hang out, go bass fishing with some of you guys. But I got a mandate. Now, you can get people saved bass fishing, and all bass fishermen said, amen. <laughs> you can get people saved anywhere you go. I'm trying to finish. I got two little stories. It's 12-12. I'm 12 minutes late, aren't I? I'm good. All right. Well, God gave me two little stories to go with this concept, and you know the stories already. The first story is about Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus? And that's out of Luke 19, 1 and 5. It says that when Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. I guess they wanted us to know that. And he sought to see Jesus. 
He sought to see Jesus. He was seeking Jesus. But he could not because of the crowd, and he was so short of stature. He couldn't see over the crowd. Now, most of us, some of us, not most of us, some of us might, well, oh, well, yes, we can't go. We're not going to be able to see him today. It's too many people. But not Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had it in his heart. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to meet with Jesus. I'm going to be with him. I want to seek him. And so he ran ahead. It says that he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, now nowhere in the scripture does it say they were pre, uh, pre, had met previously, but he says, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I'm going to go to your house. You see, when seeking Jesus is the priority of your heart, Jesus will come to your house. When Jesus comes to your house, I don't know what battle you're in, but that battle changes when that presence is released in your house. I don't know what suffering. I know every single person in here has got a battle of some kind, and if you're not battling something, <clears throat> maybe I need to pray for you because maybe you're not saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because it seems like every born-again Christian got a battle. But we also know we got the victory because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. For we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors, more, more than conquerors. You know what more than conquerors is? Remember the old prize fighters and they train, 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 and go out and fight, 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 get all bloody and puffed up. But they win and they get the check. They get the, forget the trophy and the belt. They got the check. But then they go home. And they're dancing, and mom, mama's happy, and the check goes to mama. Mama's more than a conqueror. She didn't have to fight a lick, but she got the blessing. <laughs> Somebody say amen. And so anyhow, Zacchaeus, because of his heart, Jesus said, I'm going to your house. And so when you seek Jesus for Jesus out of your heart, he'll come to your house. He'll fill your room. He'll fill your house. Things will start changing. And you're not even hardly interceding. You're just being with him. Next, second example, i got to move along, is here with the woman and the issue of blood. You all know the story if you've been around. In Matthew 9, 20 and 22, it says, And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. Now listen, she evidently from another gospel was a woman of resource because it says she spent all that she had on doctors. She spent all that she had. Now, I don't have any problem with God using doctors. But I first want to find Jesus. I don't want Jesus to be the last thing on the list. I want him to be the first thing on the list. It's just something I developed over time. And I get, if we get injured or we're hurt or something's happening, the doctor's not the first one I call. Jesus is the first one I call. Now, I may still call him in the next breath if it's that bad, but I'm calling Jesus first. Somebody say Amen. And she, so she had an issue for 12 months, but came in from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said in her heart, if I just touch him, touch his garment, I will be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well that very hour. Now, here's the deal. In another gospel, she touches Jesus, and Jesus stops and looks at Peter and says, Who touched me? And Peter looks at him like he's absolutely high on drugs. He said, What do you mean, who touched you? There's 10,000 people around us, thonging us and bumping into us. And, but see, when Jesus gets the one touch... You see, there's a lot of people touching. There's a lot of people praying. But when Jesus gets the real touch, the touch of faith, the touch of hunger, the touch for thirst for him, a touch that yeah, I got to have you and you alone. There, see, a lot of people might be saying prayers, but there are only some that are reaching through it all and touching Jesus. And they're getting their miracle because they're touching Christ. You see, God not only has a miracle for you, God has a miracle to, to move through you for someone else. The other person may never get their miracle if you don't rise up. It's time to activate. If you don't arise and shine, God wants you to arise and shine. I prophesy over every believer in this house right now that you're going to arise with the power and the glory of the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I decree and declare that, that, that Texarkana will be transformed not only, not only by uh, 
church on the rock, but by the, the congregations around the city. This city belongs to God in Jesus' name. God's kingdom come. God's will be done. Lord, I pray that you stir in the hearts of your people a hunger and a desire for the presence of Jesus. Lord, let us start there and let us move on in Jesus' name. Now, one other thing I said in the other class, don't you leave your house. I don't get it. And not say a few words to the Lord first. Who thinks they can go and leave their house on their own without talking to God? Now, they're shooting all around my house, so I talk to them a lot. But I, it doesn't mean you got to go into a 45-minute prayer meeting. Before you turn that key, say a prayer. Lord, guide me, lead me, protect me, use me. And he will. What makes us think we're strong enough to go out in society all on our own? We're not. And so pray. Start there. Don't leave your house without praying over yourself and your family. How about when you take trips? Do you pray over your travel? Yeah, well, you're taking a trip. One person said, do I need the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? I said, I don't know about that, but you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit just to go to Walmart. What makes us think we don't? And so pray, arise, activate. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for Texarkana. God's got a plan for the nations of the world. Thank you very much. God bless you all. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Jay. Amen. Come on, yeah, stand on your feet. Amen, I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that we serve a God that wants us to seek him. We serve a God that's not far off. He's not hiding from us. He wants us to have relationship with Him. And listen, I want to invite our prayer team to come up to the front. Just grateful for God's Spirit that's in this place. Very grateful for Pastor Jay just bringing this word today. You know? How many people just, how many people have been seeing Pastor Jay come for many years? He has. A long time. He said 28 years that he's been in partnership and relationship with Pastor John in this church. And uh, before you leave, I want Pastor Jay just to uh, talk about a couple needs maybe that, that Haiti has right now that we can help. Well, you know, we're trying to get up started and going again for an academic year. Containers on its way. We got to pay it when it lands and then pay the customs and all that. That's usually around somewhere between a five and $8,000 bill to pull a container off the wharf. Got to do lots of little tips and things like that. I call them tips, but you know, it's the third world. Otherwise, it just sits and they smile at you. So a few tips and, uh, and the fees and the, and the charges, and uh, we, we'll get it out. And that, that's a 40-footer jam-packed full of supplies. And, and, act, and our curriculum, just our curriculum annually, is like $65,000 a year. Just our curriculum. And so that's jammed in there. So we got to pay, get that off the wharf, get our school at, uh, ready to go, and that's a, that's priority right now. And uh, you had just donated when Pastor John took a portion of the building fund, and you had just, and you know what my project was? I don't know if he, he told you, but I doubt you remember. But I needed security iron for our church. Our church was always wide open. You could come any time of day, go sit inside and pray. Well, now the insecurity is so bad, and it's decorative iron, but it's iron. And it's real pretty. I wish I'd had a picture of that that encloses the church so that nobody can, uh, you know, vandalize it or, or steal from it, you know. And that was like $10,000 just to do that. But we've already done it because of you guys and because of Pastor John. We praise the Lord. We got a little more security. We got security guards, but I figure when the, you know what, hits the fan, them guys are leaving and I'm the last line of defense. <laughs> so pray for us. We're going to go and keep going. And uh, Linda has a few doctor's appointments. So i got to fly in, get all that organized, fly out, grab her, and fly her back in. Yeah, so life. Listen, you know, with just you speaking and then just a little bit that we've read or, or saw in the news about Haiti, uh, things are bad. But that doesn't mean that God still doesn't have a call on your life and God still doesn't have a plan for Haiti. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean things in our life, even though things may be difficult, God still has a plan and a purpose for us right where we're at. And so here's what I want to do. Uh, I'm going to...
pray for Pastor Jay in just a second. We're going to have a Bible that's up front. If you would like to bless Pastor Jay, Fishers of Men, if you would like to bless Haiti, uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. There'll be ushers in the back that would uh, take a special offering for him. If you use the app, yeah, you can scroll through there and you can give to Fishers of Men anytime you want. But listen, I can't think of a better mission, a better purpose for you giving money than the nation of Haiti and the stewardship of Pastor Jay and Linda Threadgill, who have been there for a long time. And uh, if you'd like to do that here in just a second, you can do that. We also have these Haiti cans. Uh, we've been doing this for years and years and years. And you can get some of these in the connect room on your way out. Uh, Pastor Jay, tell us what these go towards. For change, for feeding kids. We, well, I don't know what the exact price is right now for feeding kids because prices have been jumping. But we used to could feed a kid for about 50 cents a day. And so uh, we did this, but no one carries change anymore. So, uh, but if it's a change jar, bring it back into the office they they tally it up you're still your church is probably given 800 to 900 dollars a month to the feeding program coming from these or designated offerings and uh get you a change jar and dump your change but we feed kids um it's probably a little more than 50 cents a child now it started out at i could feed for i buy whole containers of food actually they donate the food you just got to pay the container and do all that and uh can feed about 3,000 kids a month, five days a week, you know, about for th maybe three weeks from one container. And the container, yeah, so we're running about five grand a month just trying to feed kids. Uh, but, you know, it's like a canteen at their school. They get fed. It's a good solid meal, rice, beans, little sauce, little vegetables, and that kind of stuff. But uh, that's what we do for the kids out in the country in the very, 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 very poor areas. So that's what this, and actually Pastor John initiated this idea, and Linnell, Pastor Linnell. And so if you want to grab one of these and keep doing the change, do the change. If not, just drop a, drop a, drop some change on the app, yeah, like a five, ten dollar app change, you know. And uh, you can stick, you can stick bills in this thing too, yeah, just as well. You can, that's right. Well, there you are. Listen, hey, let's extend our hands. We want to pray for Pastor Jay and uh, just the work that's going on there. Extend your hand. Lord, we just thank you for Pastor Jay and Miss Linda. God, we thank you for the ministry that's going on in Haiti. Lord, we thank you for their church and, and just all the churches that they've planted, the schools that they've planted. And God, we thank you that this is going to be their greatest fall. Lord, even in times of what seems like chaos, we know that you're working and you're moving. And God, the mission goes forward. I pray for strength. For Pastor Jay, Lord, I pray, God, that you would use them in this hour to be a light for you. God, would you bless them? And I pray for more than enough. I pray that our church would be able to help just make a huge difference financially right now. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Listen, let's give it up for Jesus. Hey, our prayer team is up here. If you need prayer for anything, we want to pray with you. Listen, if you uh, want to pray just about your faith, maybe you uh, need to get right with God. You need to be saved. I'll be right there at the cross, and I would love to pray with you. But let's lift our hands. We're going to uh, play one more part of the song, then you can be dismissed. We are so glad that you're here this weekend.